Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Mental math, med anxiety, fight the flight mode, spatial skills important for a STEM future, graphic organizers, and solutions for problems with IEP or 504 plans. This is our podcast for week 10 in 2022, and we welcome Dr. Schroeder. She is the founder of Disco Puglia Services, and she's going to help us make some sense of these things. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, and I always enjoy looking at the great links. Uh, well, we hope so. It is, uh, yeah, we, we, we try to do our best, but it's always very reassuring if you look over them and then give us some of the details and some of the backgrounds and your views on it. And now the first one is about mental math. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the math where you're not allowed to write anything down? Exactly. That is so horrible. And usually <laughs> it's, it's, it's processed a little bit differently. So being able to do mental math is important to help children with their math fluency and achievement. Now to train that, you need to bring as many connections to a number as possible so that children can draw more connections and bypass the parts of the brain that may limit their capacity to do mental math. Now here, this is the third space learning block, has um, suggested a range of games to uh, help with this. And uh, they mentioned the importance of strategies uh, that help with mental math. we couldn't agree more on that. Actually, we have just made a complete new um, tool called the MARS Math Assessment of Reasoning and Strategies for uh, parents and teachers to find out which strategies their uh, children and students already know and how you can develop them, which ones you need to focus. And on this link, these pages give that great information also about what is, why it is beneficial and how and when to use it in a classroom setting. And some more resources that uh, go more in depth. It's for the younger children, a great resource actually for parents and uh, teachers. Good, 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 good. Now the next link is something that is a recurring topic in our, in our, uh, in our podcast. It is about math anxiety and the fight or flight mode. Let's let's recall what was that again? Yes, yes. This is uh, from uh, Beacon House, and they talk about uh, math anxiety and and actually it's a situation where a student, as soon as they are confronted with anything to do with math or when they only anticipate it, already move into the fight or flight mode. So what happens then? In your brain, the blood flow is directed to other uh, areas, the limbic system. It's a a more primitive part of our brain. And this is what we all have and share uh, with animals. Our our nature protects us. And when we sense immediate danger, we become very alert and evaluate if we need to flight or fight in a split second. So, then a heightened state of alertness does not really help doing uh, math at all. Uh, right. 
In, in fact, once the flight or fight mode gets engaged, you will maybe stay in that mode for sometimes even an hour. So there goes uh, your math session. There goes your math session. And this means that, yeah, like, like you said, the whole uh, math class goes over their head. Um, because they're anxious and, and they're not apply able to apply their higher order thinking and word, um, working memory. Now, um, learning to cope with that is, is very important. So they can keep using the brain capacity for calculations and not kind of lose it in the fight or flight uh, situation. Now, the page in this link gives a nice presentation of old symptoms and the various parts of your body and how they can react to that flight or fight mode. How you oh, okay. Can, so then uh, you can sort of check it. yourself yeah. and recognize the, uh, the symptoms. That's a, good, uh, that's a good resource. Now, the next link uh, tells us that spatial skills are crucial. How's that? Well, that's absolutely crucial. And um, the, the secret uh, ingredient, actually, to STEM success uh, might be... Uh, developing spatial skills. So this research is confirming what we have been thinking for years, that spatial skills are directly related to later math uh, achievement, and what I said also, uh, success in STEM uh, subjects. Now the word, wonderful thing is that you can actually train spatial skills. So it's another way of helping children with math. And this is from PBS, the Public Broadcasting System, um, has really uh, taken to this, they understood it, and they have created a page dedicated to training these spatial skills. Okay. So it's a wonderful, um, wonderful um, resource to have. Uh, they actually have this in their PBS uh, parents part of their website. Great initiative. Um I hope many parents will see the value of it, take time to practice some of it, and uh, there are so many wonderful examples here. Just make a map of your neighborhood. But if that is a little bit difficult right now when uh, there is still COVID around, maybe you can ask these children to make a map of their bedroom. And there are really uh, interesting uh, books like... Um, the cat uh, that can map this and that, oh, nice. or the cat, in, uh, the cat in the hat. So use also spatial language, like um, for looking uh, for something, you can say, "Give me please the pencil that uh, is next to the ruler," instead of "Give me the green pencil." Okay. So you okay. Uh, it's a nice way of training that. Use Okay. words that are linked to okay. spatial perception. Okay, I've never had that. I always had to give the green pencil. <laughs> but that's lost on me, unfortunately. Okay, good, good link. Now, the next link is about uh, graphic organizers. And how does that help? Well, children with dyscalculia can benefit greatly from the use of graphic organizers. And research shows that graphic organizers are a useful strategy um, also for gifted and talented, but also for special education populations. Maybe we can all benefit from it. Um, so it is a um, multimodal learning that a graphic organizer can support. 
they are highly versatile also, and students can draw them, digitize them, or adapt a teacher-designed template. Okay. Once you help them draft up an organizer, they may over time uh, win themselves off it and become more familiar with the various steps they uh, probably need to complete to solve a particular math problem, and then they might be able to pull that up from memory and do not need to write it in a visual uh, organizer anymore. So it's not about providing them with the answers, but helping them seeing the process and then keeping the process in mind. So the the link here goes to a page from uh, teachthought.com. They have some uh, well-designed graphic organizers to use. It's a very handy uh, resource to get started. You can adapt it, like I said, for the calculation you are learning and write in the words um, that tell you what the process is in and then the location where you have those words helps uh, students to go from one step to the other. Okay, well, that's good. That it brings us to our, our last uh, link. It's last but not the, uh, not the least important one. It, it promises solutions for problems with uh, IEPs and 504 plans. And I, I think those problems are everywhere. Absolutely. And, and um, there is a lot of lingo going on. Uh, parents are uh, obviously nervous when they uh, sit in those meetings and the abilities of their uh, children are uh, discussed and, and what you need to do about it. So here, the Attitude Mac blog gives a great overview of, uh, of the most common problems with IEPs or 504 plans and uh, the solutions you will need. So keep it handy if you uh, don't need it right now. Uh, you never know. <laughs> you never know when those problems will pop up. Into issues like this. Yeah, treasure that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, oh, and and I love the way the emphasis on is on taking the role as a parent serious and not be railroaded by the school, but really ensure you have a say in the process. Absolutely. So you need to uh, know details. You need to um, read about. Um, issues your child has, understand the lingo, and again, you don't have to uh, be an expert yourself, uh, but you need to be uh, comfortable to refer to the experts and not to be shy to consult or even uh, invite an advocate or or a lawyer with some specialized knowledge to help you out here. I also uh, like to name the rightslaw.com website here where you can find a ton of information about all the procedures and processes and how to be the most effective advocate for your child. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Soder, for your insights. We hope to see you back next week. Dr. Soder herself is such an advocate for dyscalculia and all the children that suffer from the lack of support that they get in the school system at this moment. And the only way to turn that around is to call for more Discoculia tutors. This is why she has developed her own online Discoculia tutor training. And that training is available through Discoculia tutor training. 
Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from DiscoculiaHeadlines.com. You can find us on the web at DiscoculiaHeadlines.com and we are on Twitter at DiscoculiaHead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at DiscoculiaHeadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.